It is the Locked On Big 12 Network, I guess you could say, crossover. I am Josh Neighbors, the host of Locked On Big 12. Jake Hatch is here, the host of Locked On Cougars. John Williams is here, the host of Locked On Sooners. We have ourselves a 2023 Big 12 football schedule. Why are Oklahoma and Texas so angry? We'll venture to guess about that. Also, the Gonzaga Bulldogs and their candidacy for the Big 12 is being discussed this week. Very, very interesting times in the Big 12 Conference. More coming up next. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Once again, Josh Neighbors, Jake Hatch, John Williams coming at you. Uh, today's show brought to you all by the FanDuel Sportsbook, the number one sportsbook in the country. Also, the official sports betting partner of not just Locked On, but also the NFL with the Super Bowl coming up. Make sure you guys get in on the action. Make sure you guys find all of our podcasts, Locked On Cougars, Locked On uh, Sooners, and also Locked On Big 12. Wherever you guys get your podcasts and on YouTube, please subscribe to all of those channels for the latest and the greatest on those specific conferences slash teams. All right, guys, we got the schedule. And... One thing that really struck me, and we talked about it on all of our shows, I think let's get down to some nitty-gritty inside baseball stuff. Everybody kind of went with, for the most part, some creativity or just post. The schedule releases are times for your social media department to shine. And college football, that is a big part of it. Like, that is a huge part of it now. Young kids are on social media. They want to see what your social media departments can do. Kansas, I think, maybe won it where they had a six-year-old draw the uh, draw the mascot of the opposing teams and had the players guess which team they were going to play, which was amazing. Um, I think Texas Tech had a really good one too. Oklahoma and Texas, John, both just retweeted the schedule from the conference. And then they just went on to, they, they just kept tweeting about the senior bowl. Like both of them were like, check out, you know, Roshan Johnson at the senior bowl. And then it happened. They're like, here's more of Roshan Johns at the Senior Bowl. And then I know there's a whole host of Sooners at the Senior Bowl as well. What do you make of this? I mean, this I thought this was a missed opportunity because no matter if you're mad at the Big 12 or not, schedule releases are a time for your social media to shine. And they just went with the retweet. I think it shows there is some, some synergy and also some anger from the Sooners and Longhorns. It, it is odd because the Oklahoma media department is really, really good at what they do. They are fantastic. Uh, just highlighting everything. I mean, I don't know if you saw the national girl women's sports you know, video that they put out earlier today. It was fantastic. So yeah, missed opportunity or kind of a shot across the bow at the big 12 at Brett, your mark at the organizational aspect of it. Kind of the, the rumor mill that we're hearing is that, okay, Oklahoma didn't get the finalized schedule until like an hour before uh, the schedule release. Um, there, who knows how much of that's accurate, but you can kind of tell that all along there have been rumblings that Oklahoma and Texas were really trying to bide time and hope that they can get an early buyout done and and hold some of this, this contract or this uh, conference schedule negotiation up a little bit so they can kind of work their way out of the big 12. There could be a whole host of things that they're not happy about. It could be the fact that they got to go to Provo on a, on a Saturday late in November and then turn around and play on black Friday. It could be that they're playing three of the new, of the new four. 
It could be that, you know, their first big 12 game is going to be a road trip to Cincinnati. I mean, there's, there's a number of things. They don't have Kansas state on the schedule, which is generally speaking, you, you have to say, I I saw locked on Sooners tweet this today. If it's not a 10 win season, there's some disappointment. They got a, they got an awesome schedule. Their schedule is fantastic for them. From a competitive standpoint. yes. Yes. From a eyes on Oklahoma standpoint, maybe not as much because no Kansas state. I mean, that's, that was the one kind of lingering team that you think, okay, was going to be a contender in the top of the big 12 and a team that they have a ton of history with 103 Mm -hmm. games between the two over the course of their football history, big eight, big 12. And now they're not going to play. And who knows when the next time they'll play. Maybe it's in the Big 12 championship game. Maybe it's in a college football playoff. Maybe it's a non-conference game down the road. So all that history is kind of out the window. And yes, from a competitive standpoint, you obviously you're kind of clapping your hands. You don't got to see you know, Chris Kleiman and the, and the Wildcats. But at the same time, again, there's history there. There's so much history. Uh, playing Bedlam the first week of November is just That's weird. weird. That was me. weird to me. Like, yeah. It was weird to me that they played it the week before Rivalry Week uh, and then played Texas Tech during rivalry week. So that was kind of weird too. And so I don't know, it's just a bit odd. I mean, you're not going to get everything you want in a schedule. There's a whole lot of things under the surface behind the scenes that are going on right now with Oklahoma and Texas and the big 12. I mean, Oklahoma and Texas, they want to get out that much is clear, right? People from, you know, the national analysts are reporting it. People over at the Oklahoman, they're reporting it. They're reporting that that had something to do with, why it took so long to get the schedule out in the first place. And it could just be the big 12 saying, screw y'all. We're going to put the schedule out. And, and if you're not happy with it, you're not happy with it, but you're going to have to deal with it because you're contractually contractually obligated to. And you know, if the, the powers that be at Oklahoma from Joseph Harris and Joe Castiglione and Brent Venables, I'm sure Brent Venables doesn't care if they're not happy about it. I mean, I, I kind of get where they're coming from, but again, you just kind of have to deal. But also, and, and Jake is what I'm going to ask you about. They're the ones who wanted to leave. And look, like, I'm not going to blame them for going and taking the bigger check. But, like, whatever comes your way comes your way. And here's the thing. If I'm OU, this schedule comes out, and I'm thrilled. This is, 100%. I don't care when I got it. I don't care. <laughs> this Like, as a, as a guy who's wearing the Big 12 shirt, I'm mortified that, that Oklahoma's going to probably be, well, maybe has a good chance to be in the Big 12 championship this ga- game this year, Jake. Yeah. I think that's coming. I think that could come. Maybe even Texas as well, which makes me think that the fact that it was a coordinated effort, the fact that it was both of them, Texas and Oklahoma, longstanding rivals, but we know that there has been some coordination between Joe C and CDC in the past, makes me think that something behind the scenes has pissed both of them off. Well, and I, I would agree with you because obviously, the, as as we've been talking about, they want to get out. Like, obviously they, they, they just want to move on. They want to be done with this. They want to move on to the sec. And I, I this is my personal opinion on this. We're, I'm, I cover one of the teams that's coming into the conference. Cougars are f- completely excited to be part of it. But I think the, the eight schools that are remaining in the conference, I think there's probably some thought with all of them. Like, yeah, get out, just move, move on. So we can all just have a clean separation. The situation though. And uh, you, you mentioned the Dennis Dodd article, I believe earlier on that he's talking today. There's just, there, I think the quote was, there was numerous complications uh, to that are holding up them potentially making that early exit. And obviously there's a massive uh, amount of money that would be involved with that. Uh, the, the thing about this is 
if they want to go, they should just just go play this year. And if they do happen to both of them face off in the Big 12 title game, you say, you know what? That's just how the chips fall. And I know it wouldn't be great for the remaining programs in the conference, but the schedules lay out for both of them to potentially make that type of a run. Here it is from uh, from Dennis Dodd today. Texas and Oklahoma recently made an offer to the Big 12 and Fox to leave the league one year early for the SEC, sources told CBS Sports this week. It was rejected. The nature of the offer was not clear. So uh, CBS Sports previously reported the Big 12's rights holder would have to be made whole for losing the Longhorns and Sooners early from its programming lineup. And that can involve a series of non-conference games involving both schools uh, being played in the Big 12 stadiums once Texas and Oklahoma join the SEC. So this, this is what makes this really fascinating because look, like I think we're all, this is what we have to realize about this. We, we all want to move on with our lives, right? <laughs> but the fact that Oklahoma and Texas did this makes it complicated because there are rights holders involved for the, if you were the big 12, why would you go and piss off Fox who you're working with now? And you probably hope to be working with later on down the line and, you know, basically agree to something that they may not, they might, they might not agree to, right? So you need to be working in concert with Fox here. For OU in Texas, I get it because, and I, I saw, John, I've seen the stuff about the officiating, whatever. I did not, I did not think last year I was ever watching a game where I was like, wow, wow, the, the Big 12 officials are dead set on letting Oklahoma, Oak, oh my God, John, no. No, 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 no. That's not how this, that's no, no, no. Maybe y'all should have tackled somebody. I think that's, that's Oklahoma fans' biggest criticism last year. That's, that's my take on this. So we all want to move on. We all want to move on. But because there's so much money involved, you can't just walk out the door, nor should the Big 12 and Fox let them walk out the door. And I think we all have to understand that. That's why, John, this is also frustrating. No, and they're not going to just let them walk out the door. Nor should the Fox, the Fox, Fox and the Big 12. The, the Big, the big them, Fox. The Fox. Nor should they. I mean, they're contractually obligated. It's a contract. And and they're going to be having the competitor on their channels, Big 10, very, very soon, the SEC. Right. And so, yes, I get it. It's, I think the thing that kind of surprised me in the Dennis Dodd article is like, they just outright rejected it, not we're coming back to the table. Um, if Oklahoma and Texas made an offer, I mean, I'm sure that it was something that, and if they're irritated by the fact that the offer wasn't accepted, maybe it was something they felt like it was going to be amenable to everybody involved. But, and kind of one of the offer, one of the ideas I threw out there was that Oklahoma and Texas play an extra road game, you know, to, to give a big 12 team an extra gate that they might not have gotten otherwise, but uh, who knows what, what the actual offer is. I don't think anybody's going to really know. My, my feeling is it still gets done. You don't want two years of animosity kind of, you know, um, being at the forefront of the conference when there's a lot of really good football and really good basketball to be played in the big 12. You don't want this hanging over your head for, you know, through the 2023 season, the 2024 season and, and have to deal with it for another, you know, a year and a half basically. And so, or really two years. Um, so I think that's the best thing for the conference and for Oklahoma and Texas is at some point come to an agreement that after the 2024 football season, sorry, 2023 2024 calendar year that the split happens just because again, you don't want it lingering over every other storyline that could be at play for your, for your conference. But Jake, if you're Fox, what do you care? 
Right. I mean, as long as you're getting Texas and Oklahoma games on your net, either here's the thing, either you give me more in Texas OU games now, Mm -hmm. you know, or now being down the line, or we will take them later as in 2025 when you don't want to be here. Sure. And so, you know, uh, the now being negotiate more games down, which was, I know it's kind of reverse, but now being give us more games down the line. Sure. We'll let you go. It's fine. It's easy. There you go. Uh, And I, I bet if I'm Brett Yormark, I'm pushing for things like, bedlam i'm pushing for things like oklahoma versus kansas state which is always either big noon or eight o'clock on fox uh one of the two it feels like it usually goes in those two windows so jake if you're fox like you don't really care about that you know god love the big 12 but like you're like okay i don't really care about you i don't really care about oklahoma and texas as i just care about them giving us what is owed and everybody else be damned and also we're one of the big television networks so you guys play by our rules well, and that's the thing. They're in the business of making money, folks. And that, that's the thing. If you want to know anything about sports, follow the money trail. Like, see who holds the purse and usually know who's the power grab or who has the power to make that type of a decision. And that's that you're exactly right. Fox is, I, I'm, I'm, this is just me speculating, but I think they're very much just, they're like, okay, great. You guys can say that all you want. You can make all the offers you want, but you're a property that we have a, an agreement with and we're going to put you on our network. And that's, that's how it's going to be. Uh, they're going to take advantage as much as possible. But you're right. If they are going to negotiate something, Fox is, like you said, you have to be made whole, according to what Dennis Dodd wrote. You have to make sure that they're taken care of. But if you're Fox, you're just like, you know what? Let's just play out this string, let it roll out. And when they move on, they move on. But in the meantime, let's take advantage of those two big television properties. And we have to acknowledge this, guys. Dennis, Dennis, and we, Dennis has been all over this the entire time. Yeah. He says that for now they're compelled uh, compelled by the current media rights deal to say to 2024 for the campaign can move on. He even says this too. Time is running out for a potential early exit. He said time is running out, but there are complications and they are numerous as we've talked about. And so if, if we don't reach that, like there is a very real possibility that we might not reach that because I feel like we've all been saying this. It's a foregone conclusion. It's a foregone conclusion. And sure, for the parties that we're talking about here, you know, that we cover, Big 12 schools, Big 12 and Oklahoma, Texas, the SEC, it all makes sense. Once again, it goes back, it goes back to the television thing. But I, I think it's something that we have to, we have to, you know, we have to reconcile with. They they might not strike a deal. I, I mean, John, it feels like we've all been saying it's inevitable. It's I've been saying that on my show. And I, I mean, I, it sounds, I, I'm starting to think maybe, maybe. There's a chance I'm wrong, which like 24 hours ago, I didn't feel like this, but I read Dennis's article. If we're still on numerous complications or offers are being made, I mean, look, we know the Big 12 wants to get rid of them. We know the, they want to go. Who do we think the holdup is, folks? Three letters, F-O-X. And I don't blame them. Yeah, I mean, they're they're within their rights to do that. I mean, it's not, right. they don't have to placate to anybody except for their shareholders and their shareholders just care about the money. They don't care about Oklahoma and Texas and the Big 12's feelings. So yeah, it, it's very possible that that's the case. I've always felt like it was a really small possibility that Oklahoma and Texas would be there through the end of the, the uh, media rights deal. But anything's possible. I was kind of, I've been under the impression that like the deadline will make the deal like, once you get kind of closer to the end of the 2023 season, that's what I feel like we'll know. If there's right. not any significant movement at the end, by the end of the 2023 football season and kind of about this time next year on the 2024, then they're not going because they got to figure out what the schedule is going to be. There's a lot that 
a lot of moving parts that go into it. And I don't think there's a hard deadline on it, but I feel like that's kind of a soft deadline. Like you get to the end of the 2023 season and you don't have an exit agreement. They're going to be around for 2024 too. Go ahead, Jake. Yeah. Josh, let me, let me add one thing to that. I actually think that if, if they don't have that agreement, maybe by the time the middle part of this upcoming season, maybe even earlier than that, because the SEC is going to start to put together a 2024 schedule. And if they cannot add Texas and Oklahoma to that mix, they may have to just say, you know what, it's just it's way too late in the process for us to be able to do this. Because if you believe the reporting out there, I think Dennis mentioned it. The reason why the Big 12 announced the schedule when they did is because they literally had a deadline to get it out before February. Uh, right. <laughs> by these television partners. So there, there is going to come like a, a, a deadline. There's just a drop dead date that if Texas and Oklahoma aren't able to get out in time for 2024, the SEC may just have to say, guys, you got to stick it out for one more year and then we'll see you in 2025. And the big part of this too is, you know, I think, I think maybe what the big 12 and Fox are banking on is that they know USC and UCLA are going to be joining Fox in that massive television deal. Like the big billion dollar deal for Fox starts next year. I think they might be banking on the idea that SEC, uh, the SEC, Mickey Mouse, Disney, and ESPN want their full complement of teams to, I mean, you know, eventually it'll rival that, but like just to have everything set in place head to head and at the same time, essentially. And so maybe if you're the Big 12 and Fox, maybe there is a benefit to putting the SEC, to putting ESPN, and putting Oklahoma and Texas under the gun and basically say, if you guys want 2024, you're starting to put together a schedule. It's now or never. Pay up. Pay up more than you thought you would have to. And if you're the Big 12, what's the cost associated to waiting? There is none. There is none. What can the SEC? What can ESPN threaten them with? I mean, sure, you're a television partner with ESPN. You don't want to make the match, but they already. It sounds like the next deal is already is already basically done. You know, it's 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 basically already there. And I'm sure that I'm sure ESPN's like, you know what? We'll we'll wait one more year. The SEC probably is the one the ones who you know I think would would like to have that the most. But also the SEC is like, all right, we can wait one more year. Yes, they'd like to have the full complement there in time. But the Big Twelve, there's no. There's no downside to putting them under the gun, I think, at all. And so I think that's why we'll end up. That's kind of what that's I think we have to wait a little bit longer till we get an answer on this. Go ahead, John. Well, and the the additional aspect of that is the college football playoff. You have Oklahoma right. and Texas in the Big 12 in 2024. It expands to 12 that season. You potentially have another one or two teams. You could get up to three teams in the college football playoff if the cards fall right by having your, you know, these two premier programs as part of your conference. Mm -hmm. It point. gives, you know, who even if it's not those two, if those two aren't the ones making the playoffs, it gives whoever beats them that season a little bit more cachet to make the playoff. It gives them a little bit more um just strength of schedule, gives a you know more national notoriety to have those wins. If Oklahoma and Texas make the playoff as Big 12 members, then it just gives the conference more buzz. Uh, so, I mean, there's a lot, you know, for for the Big 12 to kind of hold on to on that front. Uh, I mean, I don't think like Brett Yormark's out there trying to stick it to Oklahoma and Texas. I don't think that's his. No, I think he's trying to cut the best deal possible. And I think yeah, it's just business. I think like, that I think he knows that the the time crunch might you know that pressure might present the best deal when, when there's nothing on the other end, because you mentioned the CFP. It's, it's a great point. And this is why I love when we all get together because we all present the, these ideas and we can kind of think about it in real time, but think about that CFP conversation we had before from a different perspective. 
we were all like, why are we not signing this? We're all missing out on more money. Why aren't we, you know, remember when, when the, when the, the, the three amigos, you know, the, what were they called? The Alliance decided to shoot it down. We're like, this is going to get approved eventually. Why are you guys costing yourselves money? They did that. That's not the case here, right? Because if you're the big 12, like you're going to get your money either way. You're either going to get your value in terms of the payout from the TV partners because mm-hmm. the full complement now, or you're going to get the games in the back end that they negotiate, right? So if they stay till 2025, you get, you know, you get that, that thing paid out and they get down the road, it gets paid out. If you get those extra games, say, let's just say, you know, Bedlam in 2027 is on Fox that, that eventually happens. So Jake, I think the CFP part of this too, in terms of like what it can do for the conference and also how we remember those negotiations happening is kind of an interesting part of this. Also, college sports just become a conversation about television networks and the number of teams playing, when they're playing, where they're playing. And we're not even talking about the on-field product at all. I, we haven't mentioned a player's name once in this show, but we're 20 minutes in. But that's a very good point is that, that there are so many moving parts to all of this that the players, uh, sadly, are kind of the the last piece of this in, in many ways. Right. Is they're off the field forces that obviously have to be dealt with. And yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens because Brett Yormark, to me, he strikes me as a guy that it's it's just it, it's no hard feelings. It's just business mm-hmm. to him. He's a guy who's worked in so many different uh, venues and just different sports entities that he's done in his career. To him, this is just it's another business deal. That's all it is to him. He's not he's not necessarily trying to stick it to Texas and Oklahoma. He doesn't have that emotional attachment that maybe some fans have. He's just simply looking at this from a dollars and cents side of things. Yeah, I think it's a great point. Let's let's we've got some more to cover here, more ground to cover. Let's first thank our our partners at the FanDuel Sportsbook, America's number one sportsbook. And right now, guys, the best opportunity to go and place a wager on the big game, the Super Bowl. You guys ever know uh, it's obviously the biggest game all year. It's always the most wagered on game. And if you guys want to get in on everything from heads or tails on the coin toss, guys, I really enjoyed betting the prop where it's like, will each team complete their first pass? I've kept doing no. It just keeps not working for me. I don't know. I don't know why I keep doing it. Luckily, I've been betting the game, the game results correctly. So that's been going very well. Also, college hoops is there too. NBA is there. Anything you guys want to place wagers on, they got Euro League. I always bet, you know, soccer on there as well. We're glad to have them as a new partner because the number one sportsbook in America, FanDuel, if you guys are not on it yet, you guys need to. They've got so many features that making betting on sports fun and easy. Right now, you guys can bet on uh, Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. Do it up to $3,000 back in bonus bets now, what you guys have to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to get your no sweat first bet. That's a great rhyme on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment matter more. The official sports book uh, partner of the NFL. All right, gentlemen, I got to talk to you guys because I have you both here about one of the games that I am most excited about. And this is one that I think like this was the one game that we talked about that we almost all knew was going to happen. I, I think whether it was like we knew it was planned or we just kind of all spoke it into existence. I don't really know. But senior day for the BYU Cougars, Jake, is going to be Oklahoma coming to town. And yep. I've got no clue what's going to be on the line of this game at this point of the season. But to see this now on a schedule, to see Oklahoma visiting BYU in a conference game, what does that mean to the folks up in Provo around BYU, Brigham Young University? 
I, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn by saying it means everything to them because the, during independence, the biggest gripe that BYU fans had about their scheduling was that in November, a home game for BYU in that month usually was an FCS team, a, like a bottom of the barrel G5 type program. They just didn't, they never got quote unquote meaningful home games during their independent era as uh, for the last 12 years. So having, Oklahoma, Iowa State, those are the two home games in November. Having them in Lavelle Edwards Stadium, it means everything to BYU fans. I, they're very, very excited. I, I for one, I said on my own Twitter feed, the only the only thing I want to be greedy about with this schedule is I just want to see Oklahoma playing at BYU, and boom, there we have it, November 18th. John, your thoughts about heading to – well, it's not going to be – I guess Provo is always beautiful, Jake, but it's going to be – it's a little bit dicey that time of year, right? Well, that, that's the thing. The the I, I can tell you this much. November 18th, we could be anywhere from having a nice 55 degree sunny day in Provo where it's beautiful weather, or it could have we could have a blizzard. That that it's 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 one of those things where we can range anywhere between about a 30 degree window and also depending on rain, snow, sleet, anything in between. And and uh, John, how do you feel about you know, you guys will be hitting this this pretty awesome final tandem where you're at BYU and then a Friday game, which I'm fingers crossed that's a night game. Friday night where you guys host TCU. And I, I'm I'm thinking something might be on the line for either team in that game. You think when you got a game like that on a Friday, um, the Big 12 is also fingers crossed that there's, you know, there's something on the line in terms of Big 12 championship, Big 12, whatever it is. Um, but your thoughts on, on, you know, that that being part of what I think is a pretty easy schedule, e- easier schedule, but also that kind of awesome finale that OU is going to get. Yeah. I think it's a favorable schedule. Uh, you know, everybody I've talked to, they seem to think the same way. Um, yeah, man, going to Provo, it's going to be a blast. Every Oklahoma Sooner fan, that's the one game, the one road game that they actually wanted more than anything. And it, it has, and it's not because BYU is going to be some cupcake. It's not going to be because it's going to be some pushover game. It's going to be an automatic win. I think everybody realizes that BYU is going to be a tough matchup. It's a team Oklahoma's never beaten. They're two, they're zero and two against the Cougars all time. So like, it's just because of the venue, like everybody wants to go and see Provo it could have been in September. It could have been in November. It didn't matter. They wanted to go to Provo and watch a football game in that environment, in that atmosphere. I showed my wife a picture of it earlier today. And she's like, that can't be real. Like that's, that's CGI, <laughs> right? I was like, no, that's for real. Like that's legitimately their backdrop at their stadium. And so I think Oklahoma Sooners fans are geeked up about it. You know, yes, November in, in Utah could be something else. It could be really, really stinking cold. Could be a blizzard. Could, you know, have a foot of snow. I don't think that is going to bother Oklahoma fans or, or really the team all that much. I mean, we're used to, you know, suboptimal temperatures here in Oklahoma and maybe not in the fall, but like right now we've been dealing with four days of ice and four days mm-hmm. of below freezing temperatures. So it's like, now our our state comes to a standstill, but we get out and no big deal. But uh, I mean, it's it's cold weather. We go up to Iowa, we go to West Virginia, like we go to Kansas. Like those are cold weather states. Sometimes maybe not as cold or not as knee deep in snow as Utah, but deal with cold temperatures. But I mean, the mountain aspect of it that that'll be a tricky. You know, the elevation aspect, having to play at elevation, that's a little bit more tricky. You know, turning around and then having to play TCU on a Friday there's some people that are bothered by that. To me, I like the exposure of getting a nationally televised game on black Friday when, I mean, there's not going to be a full slate of college football games that day. So you're going to get a chance to play in front of everybody, get, you know, every recruit in the nation is going to be able to watch. If you want to, you're going to be able to make a statement in front of all the people that vote 
if you're in the college football playoff contention discussion, you're going to be able to make a statement in front of everybody against a TCU team that I think is going to take a bit of a step back this year uh, without Max Duggan, Kendra Miller and Quentin Johnson. I don't know where like the heart and soul of that team comes from, except for Sonny Dyke screaming on the sideline. Chandler Morris. Um, Chandler Morris. Does he have that dog in him? Does he have it? Not so sure. Um, but I mean, it's going to be a tough, you know, six days and a tough two game stretch. But if, Oklahoma gets uh, slated with the dreaded 11 a.m. Uh, start time um, in Provo. I think that's a good thing because then it means you can There's actually no get back way. To that's going to be a night game. There's a hundred percent chance of a night game. If it's a night game, then I'll know. I will know for a fact <laughs> that the Big 12 is out to screw. That's Oklahoma. not the Big 12's choice, though. That's the television partner's choice, right? They those then games. Fox to- will yeah. be out to screw <laughs> Oklahoma if they make that a. Seven o'clock. Fox, yes, please. Yes, we'll take Pac-12 that FS one type kick. I will be irritated beyond belief. Let, let me insert this. We understand out here at BYU that BYU's been playing a lot of late night games. They they're, always they're, do, yes. They're, they're that fourth window for the Big 12. So they're going to play the 7 30, 8 o'clock, 8 30 local time kick games. And BYU fans are used to that. They did that for a lot of their independent era, especially for their home games. If there's one game in my mind that a television partner, whether it's Fox or ESPN, may move up to potentially, like, let's say, 5 o'clock here Mountain Time, at 7 o'clock on the East Coast, that is the game. The Oklahoma game, to me, is the one that I would peg as a game that gets actually moved out of that uh, 8 o'clock potential start time because I just think that that's it's Oklahoma. It's a power brand. They want as many eyeballs on that game as possible and get it into prime time on the East Coast rather than putting it at 10 o'clock on the East Coast. I think they may ultimately opt for that all right there's one more piece of information here i want to get to there's a lot i mean there's a lot we could go on for hours and hours in this show as as, as you know we, we've gone on for a long time uh, before but gonzaga guys their candidacy to the big 12 is going to be discussed and dennis dot has reported and he did a lot of reporting in this piece does a great job as i mentioned before somebody he spoke to a person familiar with media rights deals told him that, quote, I would assume if the Big 12 wanted Gonzaga, they'd have Gonzaga. And so if we're operating under that assumption, guys, this would be really interesting because the Big 12 would be adding Gonzaga. They'd be the per- the first Power 5 conference to add a basketball-only member. Now, the ACC has added Notre Dame in basketball, but that's also all other sports besides football. So... To me, there's a question about this. Now, for those of you who don't know, like look up how much money uh, you make for NCAA tournament appearances. Gonzaga would be doing pretty well for them. Obviously, they're not going to get a full share of, of revenue like a BYU, like a Texas Tech, et cetera. But they'd be getting a basketball share. I'm, I'm wondering if there's a way to work that out. Also, John, it would be a statement because guess what other type of school is in Spokane, Washington? Washington and Washington state, if I'm correct, are located in Washington. They both belong to one PAC 12 conference. This would be more than just a move, adding a school. It'd be saying, we will come into your territory. We will take properties. We might even take a a short-term financial loss or do something that maybe is just evens the scales or, you know, let's just say Gonzaga making money, you know, more money for the league is dependent on them making further reaches of the tournament, but like it would be one hell of a statement if they got Gonzaga into the big 12 as a basketball only member, John, your thoughts about Brett, Yormark, the businessman, maybe, maybe convincing the other ADs in the conference to do this. 
it's one of those outside the box type of moves that I think could work because yeah, maybe basketball is not as big of a payout as football is, but what does it matter? Like you don't got to pay Gonzaga football money. You just pay him basketball money. The fact is they're going to make more basketball money by being in the big 12 and getting games on national TV with Kansas, with Texas, with Texas, uh, Texas tech is down, but you know, an upstart Iowa state team, you know, you're looking at a, a whole new range of, of programs that Gonzaga will get to play with on a regular basis and get those national TV slots against, like I said, against Kansas, like how great would that be? And, and networks would pay for that. So potentially it does make more money for the big 12. It makes more money for Gonzaga. I, I mean, the aspect where you're going into Washington and poten- potentially plucking something that the PAC 12 wants, the PAC 12 wants Gonzaga. If you can do that and pull that off, that, that's a great move for Brett Yormark. The whole, they're only a basketball school thing. That shouldn't matter. We're in this day and age where, I mean, all of it is just kind of like the framework that was set up before us. What is, does that even matter anymore with the transfer portal and NIL and the college football playoff and, and the way coaches move about without any regard for contract situations? Like none of that matters. None of the framework that was set up by the founding fathers of collegiate athletics matters anymore. So if Brett Yormark wants to add a basketball property to make the big 12 stronger in basketball, which is already the best basketball conference in the country. Then do it. Just do it. Like who cares what, it, what the past has looked like. Brett Yormark, you're here to help the carry the big 12 into the future and establish it as one of the better power five conferences in the country and make sure it's sustainable and is going to continue to make a lot of money adding Gonzaga it helps your basketball brand take another step forward from what it already is. And we talk about the TV window aspect. It puts then Kansas out on the West coast. It gets everybody Cincinnati, UCF, UCF will be playing, you know, televised games on the West coast. Like to me, that just makes a lot of sense for you. If you're Brett, your Mark, if you're Gonzaga, like just do it. And Jake, I want to ask you, I want to ask you about one thing here too, because you are obviously familiar with the WCC and the one thing is Gonzaga has produced more than 70% of the West Coast Conference's 75 units of revenue that come to the NCAA tournament. But also their athletic director has said, this is a quote from the article here, I think the, that's, uh, the, the lesson I get taught over and over again is we underappreciate the power of our brand nationally. So there may be some impetus there to say, all right, we don't need to be made a, a complete, you know, we only have to make like more money than we're making now. Because we think that our brand being recognized nationally, maybe the next time we're talking about how much money we should make, that gets kicked up. So can Brett, Brett Yormark's have to do a dance here? He needs to sell the ADs in the conference. I think Gonzaga's probably already sold, though, with that comment, right? Because who is getting placed on these big television games all the time? It's these big guys, big, big Monday. Guess what? Guess what the better game is every single time we do Big Monday? Last two weeks, the Big 12 game has been the better game. I'm sure it's going to continue. The ACC really doesn't have a whole lot for the Big 12 in terms of like marquee matchups. It's like, oh, Miami's playing Pitt. Awesome. Or Miami's playing Clemson. Great. Who cares? Nobody cares what those two schools playing. So, Jake, what I'm saying is like they, they have this – the Big 12 has this stranglehold on basketball. And I think this could be used. I, I think I think Gonzaga is a real possibility. I think uh, they, it's a real possibility that they, they should consider. Yeah, they should be. Absolutely. And the thing is, uh, essentially any money that the Big 12 may pay Gonzaga probably pays them more than what they're making in the West Coast Conference. Right. I, I can that authoritatively because guess what guess where BYU basketball has been playing for the last 12 years oh hi West Coast Conference they have seen Gonzaga annually twice home and away for 12 years BYU will not stand in the way of Gonzaga coming into this conference they are about as 
chummy uh, rivalry as you will find. Both staffs like each other. The players talk about this all the time, how they love playing in each other's environment. Uh, Mark Few, they actually... Uh, they came in and beat BYU in the last seconds by one point. And Mark Few said after that game, it is my intention to get a home and home series set up. If we are, if we, once BYU goes to the big 12 to play in this venue as, as often as possible, he loves playing at the Marriott center in Provo because he thinks it's a big time environment. And BYU, I think thinks likewise about Gonzaga. This would be an absolute home run for, for the, the Bulldogs. It'd be a home run for the big 12. I, I think it makes so much sense. And you also, what you mentioned is it kind of sticks like a, a post-it note of like, Hey, we're, we're in your backyard to the, to the PAC 12. And, it, it would be an absolutely awesome get. And yes, it would take some stones for Brett Yormark to go to the ADs and to the chancellors and university presidents and say, guys, we're going to break with tradition. We're bringing in a basketball only member here, but understand that it is going to be worth it. Even if you pay them, let's say $5 million, that's the basketball share, whatever that number might be. It is far more than what Gonzaga is making right now in the West Coast Conference by leaps and bounds. And I would think that the, the Bulldogs would jump at the opportunity. And one more thing we have to mention here, too. I think this is a really interesting uh, note from Dennis. Don't be surprised if ADs have sought the, the price, uh, sought to price Gonzaga's inclusion with the league with media consultant Endeavor. If you guys don't know Endeavor, Endeavor is like one of the largest entertainment companies in the world, WME, IMG. They are, they are I mean, basically every single thing. Uh, that that you guys you know that you think about entertainment, they're there. So they've got some. So I think if they brought them in, there would be. It's safe to say there is some pretty thorough, both inside internal and external thought about what's being added there. Also, one more note, guys, before we get out of here. The Pac-12 still doesn't have a television deal. John Willner wrote a piece with the uh, the was it San Jose San Jose Mercury, whatever the Mercury is. Yeah, the- yeah. Of hotline is what he calls it. Yeah. Right. Pac 12 hotline. Basically saying that Brett Yormark and the Big 12 undercut the Pac 12 because they sacrifice financial or, you know, uh, potentially further financial gains by taking short term security, which was the smart move. And, uh, and now the Pac 12 cannot get a deal done. Well, okay. So, Josh, there's that famous Brett Yormark picture from his introductory press conference. He got that sly smile on his face. That, right. That should be posted everywhere about that, that article. <laughs> Just tag it with that picture because that's exact. Brett Yormark, he knew exactly what he was doing. And John Wilner, I I think he's a fine writer. He is a Pac-12 apologist. He's writing that trying to play up to the fan bases in the Pac-12, but he's got a point as well. They did undercut the Pac-12, but it was the smart play. Brett Yormark right. understood And that. he was very critical in that piece too. I, I, he's He was as critical in that piece as I've seen him. Sure, I, I would agree. There. I would agree with that. And that, but that's the thing is they, they did, they did undercut what the PAC 12 is trying to do. And George Klyovkov in the PAC 12 brain trust is trying to figure out what to do. But as Dennis says, 17 months to go, this is like, you got to get this deal done. You got to just knock this bad boy out. And if it is going to have to surrender a bunch of your property to being on Amazon and streaming and hoping that the 40, I think it's 42% of televisions that are connected to the internet only have Amazon right now. Prime is what I'm talking about, the streaming service, you're going to have to deal with that. And that's obviously going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. But it's a very interesting time for the Pac-12 right now as they try- stare down a pretty firm deadline of getting a deal done. And, uh, you know, sometimes you're just trying to shop for an air fry and, you're, and you end up watching Colorado versus Stanford basketball. That's how, that's how it might work when you when they go to Amazon Prime. No, I, I, I think it's interesting that they have not gotten the deal done yet. All right, folks, let's get out of here, guys. It's a great, basically 40 minutes that we got in here. Uh, 
Mr. Jake Hatch, where can people find you and your work and all of this variety? Yeah, all things BYU right on the Locked On Cougars podcast. Search it out wherever you get your podcast. It's also on YouTube. It's really easy to find Locked On Cougars. If you want my thoughts on all things sports beyond just BYU, we cover it all on my on my personal Twitter feed, Jacob C. Hatch. And, of course, the show is on social media, Locked On Cougars on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. John, where can the folks find you? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at John9Williams. You can scream at me over there about uh, how I think TCU is going to take a step back. Uh, you can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Sooners and on YouTube. It's Locked On Sooners, uh, wherever you get your podcast as well. You can also read my work covering the Sooners over at thesoonerswire.com. Uh, K-State fans, I am not sorry for antagonizing you all last night uh, on Twitter at Josh Neighbors underscore. You guys can find me at LOBig12. You guys can find the show wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find us on YouTube as well. All right, gentlemen, we'll talk to you next week. Any anytime there's a there's a Dennis Dodd drop, we do like an hour long episode. So thank you, Dennis. We'll probably have more on these stories next week. We'll talk to you guys then.